What's happening, everybody? We're back. We took a little break on the Founder Hour, but we're back stronger than ever with an exciting guest. I'm Posh. I'm Pat. And we're here with Armen Keleshian, who is a celebrity photographer. You guys might have heard of him. And if you haven't heard of him, you've 100% seen his work if you are on Instagram. And if you're not, you're probably not listening to this podcast. So uh, congratulations. Um, Armen, why don't you kind of introduce yourself, tell us a little bit about you, and then we'll just kind of keep the conversation yeah, flowing. Absolutely. First of all, thank you for having me, guys. Um, this is a great honor. I feel, you know, I feel great to be here. Yeah. Um, my name is Armin Kalishian. I'm a photographer. Um, I work primarily in the music scene, in the celebrity space. Um, yeah, and I'm just happy to be here. <laughs> Love it. Armin, and we'll d- dive deeper into that, but, you know, we like to hear about your backstory, and we'll kind of go into that as well. Um we met up, so uh, Armin and I met up about two, three months ago. Uh, we had seen each other at Howlin' Race, yep. which we interviewed Johnny. I think it was Rizzo. the day we interviewed Yeah, Johnny. it was the day we interviewed yeah. Johnny. Yeah, I saw Rizzo. you guys leaving yeah, with, with the like, boxes. With like bags and yeah, boxes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, yeah, he had like this special like menu item on the menu. It looked fucking fantastic. And I think you DM'd me and then we started talking and uh, we've, we became like fast friends uh, since that, that time. Yep. Um, you told me a little bit about your story to coming to the U.S. Yep. So why don't you give us the background, where you were born, how you ended up here? All right, cool. Um, I was born in Boston, 1991. That's where I was born. Um, my family lived there, was already living there for a few years. Um, they were originally from Lebanon as well. Uh, after I was born, when I was around five, um, they decided to just go back to Lebanon. The war had ended. Everything was good. The economy was booming. So we packed all our stuff. We moved to Lebanon. I grew up in Beirut for the big majority of my life. Um, I've been in L.A. I moved back out here alone to go to college um, in 2012. And I've been in L.A. ever since. Wow. So um, I guess, like, do you even remember back then, like, what the transition was like? Like, you were so, like, you were so young, so I'm, I'm sure, like, you hadn't, you hadn't lived as many years to, like, really feel like someplace was home. But... Um, do you remember what that transition was like going from Boston to Totally. Lebanon? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I tell my mom stories sometimes. But like, I'll, I remember when we did this. I remember when we did that. And a lot of my memories are, like, in the house over there. And I remember when we made the decision to move to Lebanon. Um, when I first moved there, I and didn't you were speak. Five. I was five at the time. Five, six. Like, I was turning six around that area. Um, I didn't speak Arabic. That was the national language. Uh, my parents put me in an Armenian school, but I had a hard time learning the Arabic language in the very beginning. So, you know, it just took some time, changed my mindset. Um, I used to go to, like, an American school here in Boston. So it was, like, a different, yeah. you know, kind of, I guess, change of pace. But yeah. I just had to pick some stuff up. It wasn't really that hard of a transition, but, you know, you definitely struggle with it in the very beginning. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, I mean, I grew up watching Barney the Dinosaur and yeah. Rugrats and all that, and then all of a sudden you're in a country where you don't speak Arabic and you don't, you know, you don't have any friends you can speak English right. to and all that. So, but you know, we got through it. You know, it's interesting because you rarely hear a story of somebody who was born here, went back to another country, and then came back. Like you know, yep, like yep. it's usually they come here from another country and like they want a better life, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And I'm pretty but, sure that's what my parents wanted too. But it to, was just kind in of Beirut. Like a, well, no, in America, that's originally Got they it. didn't they didn't move here to like become the American dream right. people. They were just here. They both knew each other from Lebanon and they just met up like through an event or whatever. Right. They just linked up. That's how it happened. But they never had that like let me move to America, live that dream. 
because you know they came from good families they wanted to go back to their right. country and all that so that's interesting and so as a as a kid like growing up in beirut like what what kind of things were you into like what would you stay busy with outside of like school and stuff like that honestly i played a lot of basketball um i loved playing basketball i went to scouts i was a boy scout member for probably like 19 years or something like that like i was in it from the very beginning i yeah. started in the u.s and then take a ticket to lebanon um photography was never a thing that i had ever thought of or had picked up when i was really into things yeah. and then when i turned like 16 17 um my dad had a digital camera at home that he wasn't using. At the time, digital cameras were still new. Like, it was just, you know. So I asked him if I could I borrow the camera. <clears throat> I borrowed it. And I was just like, oh, this is pretty sick. You can change settings on this thing and do it. So I yeah. just kind of got into it. Is you know, just kind of picked up the camera, started shooting flowers, you know, the street, <laughs> cars, people. Like, is this, like, pre-Instagram? This is pre-Instagram, definitely. This is, like, 2009, wow. 2008, like, something like that, you know, in that area. I had just gone out of high school, so, you know, I was just trying new things. I played the guitar, so that was, like, another interesting and fun thing that was a hobby. But then I just focused on photography. I was like, this is cool. So I started shooting, like, landscape. I would go, like, during sunset, shoot something at the beach, you know, just kind of get get to learn to use the camera. And then one thing to, led to another. Yeah. Um, when I turned 18, my dad and my parents bought me a camera, and my dad said, hey, we didn't think you would take this thing so seriously, but since you borrowed the camera, you, you've been taking some cool pictures, so we wanted to give you a gift that you'd enjoy. Oh, that's cool. And that was my first camera, man. And, yeah. You know, the that's story how it started. <laughs> I think we talked about this in person, too. Like, your story's kind of, interest, uh, kind of similar to Andy Bernstein's, uh, who we yep. interviewed as well yep. on the podcast, yep, yep, yep. Lakers photographer. And it was the fact that, like, you guys didn't start it off, per se, as something that would eventually become a part of your livelihood. It was more so just, like, we have a camera here, and we're just going to play around with it. Yeah, absolutely. Know? Back then, did you think that anything would come of it, like in terms of um, like a career? Like at 18 years old, 19 years old? Everyone wants to be a basketball player when they're a kid, yeah, and you were right. playing basketball. So I was, was that like, like, what was your like ideal situation at that point? Man, um, I love technology. I grew up, my dad's IT was, my dad's business was in the IT field. So I used to go hang out there in the summers and all that. And I just had this passion for computers and all that. So I wanted to go to school for computer engineering, just, you know, focus on that. And then as soon as I caught, got caught up in the art side, like I started playing guitar, I started picking up the camera and all that. Once I got my creative brain going, I said, you know, I want to be in the creative field. I want to pursue something there. So they just that just kind of shifted my mentality of what I wanted to do. Yeah. Um, Were your parents like okay with that? Yes. I mean, my parents always supported whatever I wanted to do. Obviously, they're going to be like, hey, are you sure this is what you want to do? This is what you pursue it. You know, you're going to be pursuing this and all of that. But they believed in me. They bought me a camera. They saw what I was doing. Um, I was working in entertainment in Lebanon before. Like, that's how I got my start in these, you know, the photography and all yeah. that. Um, so, yeah, to, to answer your question, I guess, yeah, it was everything was good. Yeah, and did you know anyone at that point that was like maybe a photographer professionally that you were like, oh, that's a cool lifestyle to have, or or were you just kind of going off of like this is what I like doing, enjoy doing, and I'm gonna give it a try? Like, you know, this is crazy. Um, I got into the photography time in Lebanon where like everyone started picking up cameras and everyone wanted to be a photographer and all that because Facebook had just started popping. Everyone yeah. like had pages on Facebook, right? They would be like Artman on photography. Yeah. yeah posh like every like yeah, everyone had yeah. their own yeah, business. You know, business on facebook yeah. so it was booming at the time 
but I didn't really have anyone that was per se like someone that I looked up to until I got into the entertainment field. Mm. When I got in the entertainment field, there was a gentleman named Greg Waterman. Um, he's photographer. He's 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 the resident photographer system of a down. But at the same time, he had done Marilyn Manson, Lincoln Park. He's more Wayne. in the rock scene. Yeah, he he was in the rock scene, but he had also worked with a lot of hip hop acts. I really really loved his photos. Like this is on MySpace. Like this is MySpace days. Yeah. I sent him a message and I was like, Hey man, I really love what you're doing. You got me inspired to go into the um, to the entertainment side, and I kind of want to. Hopefully, one day I'll get to meet you. At this point, I had no plans to move to L.A. at all. Did you have any expectations that he would actually answer? Um, to be honest with you, not really, but I just shot, you know, I was just like, I'm going to shoot my shot yeah, see if this yeah. works or not. Yeah. He got back to me. Um, very nice, very kind guy. He's like, you know, I really appreciate you saying that. It's like, hopefully one day we can meet in the United States. And sure enough, when I first moved out here, he was one of the first people I hit up. Wow. We met up together, and he's like, what you got here is great. You got to focus on this. This is how you want to go through Hollywood. So he gave me a lot of you know, advice that I would not have had unless I had met up with him. Why don't we talk about that a little bit? I mean, what, okay. so how did you – So okay, so you moved back to the U.S. Mm-hmm. What year is this, 2008, 2009? 2000, no, t- 2011 December okay. is when okay. I moved here. So about eight years ago. Yeah. Um, you have no plans. You have no, no idea what you're going to do in the U.S., or you do? I did. I so I started college in Lebanon. I started doing my freshman year there, and I just wanted to continue going to college here. And I was like, let me just go to college, get a degree, you know. Um, so I started down the street at GCC, Glendale Community College. Shout and, out and Pasadena Community College. Wow, at the same time. neighboring city. Two shout outs. When I used to live in Studio City, and I didn't have a car, so I would take the bus. And <laughs> oh all man, that. Yeah. it was like that's yeah. a rough LA life, man. Yeah. So it, it was great though. Like I remember yeah. those days; they were great. So I started going to college here, you know. Um, I did my courses and all that, and I did not want to go to the four-year institution. I did, just didn't see the point in it because I was already working in the field. Yeah. When I moved out to L.A., I just yeah. I knew this is what I wanted to do. And I just, I'm not sure if you said it, but what were you studying? Or was like to go... Oh, sorry. I was on business. I'm so it sorry. It was business. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. Okay. I thought I mentioned it. No, yeah. Um, but yeah, that's... I mean, you know, I was like, let me get into business and all that. But, you know, mm. I didn't see the point in going to the art side of school. Like yeah. four year, you know, to go to university to pay all that money. Yeah. I'd rather get the hands on experience that I was already getting sure enough early on. And the, what was the idea with business? Like maybe I'll like learn how to operate my own business or something like that or Um, I've always wanted to own like a restaurant, a coffee shop, something like that. Like I've always wanted to be, you know, in that field. So it's like if I understand the business side of it, I could just dive deep into it. And if that doesn't work, I can look at any other options. Yeah. You know, it just kind of wires your brain to think differently. Right. There's something that, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I want to go back to, was his name Waterman? Yeah, Greg Waterman. Greg Waterman. So you come to America. Tell me about you hitting him up and what happened during that meeting. Um, Greg Waterman, I, so I had previously hit him up on MySpace and all that. When I moved to L.A., I tried to get in touch with him through his website. There was his email on there, so I sent him an email. Yeah. I said, hey, Greg, I'm not sure if you remember me. I'm the kid from Lebanon, yada, yada, yada. I just moved to L.A. now. I'd love to meet up with you, show you some of the photos that I've taken, and just you know, just kind of have a conversation. So he reached back out. Um, he's like, hey, man, I'd love to hang out. Let's set up a time. So we met up at Kitchen 24 in Hollywood. Yep. Um, right across down, Michael's office. Right across Michael's office, yep. Uh, we sat at a table and just kind of explained to him what I'm trying to do here. You know, I just gave gave him basically the first half of this podcast. I explained yeah, everything yeah. to him. He's like, that's really cool. Um, he didn't have any opportunities for me at the time. But he's like, keep on doing what you're doing. I yeah. know for a fact that you're going to get somewhere doing this. Wow. Mm-hmm. Um, 
he's like he he noticed that my pictures are primarily in the hip hop scene and all of that while he was a rock star photographer. Um, so he just kind of like he's like you know I'll be here when you need help. We can meet up. We can talk. But it wasn't really like hey come shoot this next show with me. Yeah. Right. So, well, we kept crossing paths at different shows, different places. Always shows me love on social media. I do the same. You know, he's a great photographer. So I really look up to him. What came out of that meeting? Like, I mean, what did you take away? Um, the one thing that I really took away is that it's all about building relationships and keeping it genuine with people. It's not more about, hey, uh, you know, I'm trying to, I'm this guy. I shoot these people and this is what I do. It was more like uh, keep it genuine. Be real. Be real. Be, be real with them. Be honest. Don't bullshit them. Don't upsell them. Don't overcharge them. Just do your thing and your good work will keep on opening doors for you. Yeah. And that's honestly like a really valuable piece of advice. Yeah, and I think that's something that could be applied to anybody, honestly, like in life, like in school, in your job, whether you're starting your own thing. Like, I feel like people, especially these days, um, can spot fake pretty quickly, you know, whether it's fake news or fake followers or whatever it might be. You know it. It stands out, man. A lie is eventually going to come out. Anything fake is a lie. It's not reality. So it it will eventually surface. Yeah. And I kind of feel like a lot of people, like, understand that from the get-go. And then at some point, like, they lose sight of it. And then before you know it, they make that mistake. And they're like, well, their reputation's like, ruined, you know? I mean, to be honest with you, there's no point. You can do the fake it till you make it thing. But there's no point in you trying to overly do it to look like you've already up there and you've made it and you have these connections when it's all. It's very apparent, especially on social media. Yeah. You know, people look at your engagement, who's following you, all that all that stuff is really important. So people don't realize that doing the fake stuff is looks good on the surface. But when you scratch a little bit, there's nothing down there. It's all empty. Yeah. You know, when you're having this conversation at that time, um, you mentioned that you were like doing a lot of hip hop shows and stuff like that. How did you get into that scene like, Man. in the beginning? Um, when I was in Lebanon, so I should give you guys the intro of how I got into the entertainment yeah. industry, yeah. and then that will kind of explain it. There's a really good friend of mine. His name is Nimr Abu Nassar, big stand up comedian. He's the biggest in the Middle East. He's great. He lives out here in LA now. Um, Great guy. Maybe we got to have him on the show. Oh, dude. He's definitely the guy you want to have. Yeah. So he was this comedian on the radio. He had three shows on the radio. And the biggest radio station in the Middle East at the time It's called Mix FM. His show was three times a week on the radio. It started off for twice and then he did it turn into three times. Um, he would just like have people call in, you know, laugh, just kind of have a conversation, shares jokes on the air. So that radio station... Um, were the people that were bringing artists to come and perform in Lebanon. They were the concert promoters and mm. everything. So Nimmer gave me a chance when I was 16. He's, he hit me up. I kept emailing him. And I was like, hey, man, I would love to come shoot your shows, kind of get you know a feel for how to shoot at night or whatever. Um, so I emailed him. And I was like, hey, man, I would love to come out to one of your shows, meet up. So I met him at a show. He was really nice, and I had my camera with me, and I didn't know shit. I didn't know how to shoot. I didn't know how to operate. So I got some random pictures. I showed him the pictures. He's like, what are you doing tomorrow? He's like, I have this thing. You want to come and you know shoot with me? So we just kind of build a relationship. Fast forward a couple of years, I'm at the radio station. I'm shooting all their shows there. Mm. Um, Which radio station was this? Mix FM in Lebanon. Um, I mean, I shot Shakira with them, Evanescence at their prime. You can't say Shakira on this one. And, and, come on. <laughs> I'm just saying. And were you oh, like, trust me. And how much of it was like your like methodical approach to even like seeing that as an opportunity and how much was it like you're like holy shit why am i getting all these like different opportunities to shoot artists like maybe this is a thing or was it a thing back then even it wasn't a thing but i was having so much fun with number and hanging out around him he's he was just like a you know 
he's like 24 at the time yeah loves playing video games i'm like 18 i love playing <laughs> video games we just kind of vibed over that he was just a cool vibe yeah um i just wanted to shoot him and he was always doing something entertaining performing at a show you know doing stand-up at his college you know have a show on the radio so it just kind of get got me in this bubble of like people and things that i was like wow this is really interesting i would like to get into this mm -hmm. i wanted to do something creative this is cool let me see what i can get out of it yeah so Nimmer recommended me and they brought me on as their photographer, like the in-house photographer wow. pretty much for any show they had. These are people that are putting on shows for 20,000, 25,000 people. Yeah, yeah. That's a big At deal. At the time or now? At the time. That's a big deal for Lebanon. Yeah. That's a country I mean, yeah, smaller than San Diego County. That's yeah. like, you know, like they're bringing all these people together. <laughs> right. They're throwing all these concerts. I just felt lucky to be able to have that opportunity to be there shoot these people get these and what kind of, of music is this hip-hop there's everything so whatever was hot at that some i mean they would do man they would bring hip-hop acts djs freaking sing i'm telling you shakira came 30 seconds to mars evanescence these are big bands i mean DJ yeah, even Tiesto, now yeah. snoop dogg 50 cent yeah everyone's going the game all these people came to lebanon to perform because these were the people bringing them wow. these are the hot acts and they're just flying all the way to this little country to perform because they're popping out there and they're throwing right. all these crazy concerts yeah so so when you see this opportunity you take it you're in the entertainment space how does that translate when you came to the u.s so i met a very important relationship i made in lebanon my last years is i met a guy named steve lobel shout out to steve um, he he was out there with an artist named Man at the time, and um, remember Man? Yeah, remember the yeah. Man? I feel like money. That guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So he was popping. He was hot at the time. So he came to Lebanon, and I met Steve. Got contact info, all that. Fast forward, I'm in LA. Steve is one of the first people I hit up because we yeah. stayed in touch. Uh, I was like, hey man, uh, you know, I really like what's going on here. I'm I'm in LA. I would love to be, you know, I would love to shadow you, be around you, see if there are any studio sessions, any concerts, anything you need to be shot. Um, could he he managed multiple different artists as he knows everyone. He's been in the game since Run DMC. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So he just kind of took me under his wing. Dude, Steve opened doors for me that I never thought like one of the things I ever got to I met Dr. Dre yeah. through Steve. You know what I'm saying? Like he took me to And you're like what, twenty one years old? Yeah. I it's blowing yeah, my mind. I'm actually familiar with Steve LaBelle, just like I know different artists that are yep. friends with him. Like he's like one of the most connected people in the music Absolutely. industry. Absolutely. Music or just industry the wise. entertainment industry in general. Man, shout out to Steve. Yeah. I still I still talk to Steve all the time. He still gives me opportunities. He's great. Nice. But he opened a yeah. lot of doors for me. And you know, and when you started, when you went to him and you're like, hey, like, let me hang around you and see what opportunities there are and just shoot, were you just like, I'll do this for free, like, of get course. some experience? Or, Absolutely. And, and is that how it kind of works in th that space? Like, That's how it starts. Yeah. It's a really, so lifestyle, I mean, uh, music, lifestyle, photographer's life is really tough. Mm -hmm. The reason why is you got to work for free. You got to work a lot yeah. for free. Build a name for yourself. Go to the people where you deserve to, you deserve to earn money from. They won't pay you. So it's just like. Is this comedy the world until you make it somewhere where you're like making a decent amount of money? Yeah. You got to cut through the bullshit. But Steve, to your point, Steve took me under his wing. He's like, look, man, I can't pay you because I don't have like, I don't have a need for someone to come and follow me. But it would also be cool if you want to document that. Yeah. Um, and I'll give you opportunities. I'll take you places, get you the access. So we kind of had this tag, tag team thing going, you know, so um, we go to events, concerts, radio shows, like a bunch of random stuff together. 
and he would introduce me and be like, hey, this is Pat. He's so his so's manager. Hey, you know, like it was yeah. like that. So I built a lot of organic relationships just because they met you. You're with Steve. So you're cool already. You know what I'm yeah. saying? So that really helped me out a lot. Yeah. Um, that and just then, kind and of then, like, the what, Did you have like a system set up where they just like hit you up and hire you for like opportunities? Or? Yeah. So I started exchanging contact information with the managers and the artists and all them directly in person. Or I have this advantage on my camera where when I shoot, I can have my raw photos on my phone and like I have like, right? yeah, and I yeah. have my Lightroom preset. So I'll edit a high res photo. I'll go up to somebody and I'll say, Hey man, <clears> I took <throat> these shots of you. How can I send them to you? Immediately. They're just texting airdrop themselves. it to me. They're texting it to themselves <laughs> yeah. or airdropping it yeah. or whatever. So you built that relationship, right. right? So you meet an artist that way. Next week you're doing it again with a bigger artist. Mm -hmm. The week after is the artist that's going to break. That's no one heard of. You're doing that with them. So you slowly start building relationships right. and being around, you know, being around Steve, going to a lot of the music connect industry yeah. connect events, like that helped a lot for and sure. And so you're doing all this, you're kind of hustling, you're doing your thing, you're just kind of just trying to take whatever path is, you know, you 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 come up across. Yeah. But um, at what like is that like was there a point where like like you knew like damn like this was like that big breaking point or tipping point or whatever you want to call it where like you're like this is gonna turn into something bigger than just kind of shooting you know. I don't know, like yeah, all over the place. That about. transition yeah. period for sure, it happened pretty quickly actually for me. Um, I woke up one day and I was like getting like, I got like a hundred something Instagram followers. I was like, oh damn, there's something happening here. Someone I just went viral. Hacked. <laughs> Someone hacked my shit. Yeah, Someone yeah. put me on a bot or whatever. Put a Ray-Ban picture on my post. You know what I'm saying? Like they just went, I was like, okay, something's happening here. And I look and it's just like a bunch of people. And I started hitting a couple people up, and I was like, hey, man, how did you find my profile? Hey, dude. Yeah. They're like, one of the guys re responded. He's like, I found you through Complex. They had a list of top 30 music wow. photographers in the scene, mm -hmm. and I was on there. And I was like, what just happened? I had no idea. I had no, you know, no connections there, yeah. nothing. The only thing that had happened is I once posted a picture of Post Malone, and Comp Complex reposted wow. it. Wow. And that was it. That was that day? That was the highlight. No, no, no. That was the highlight of my like photo career at the time. <laughs> I made it on Complex. This is great. This mm -hmm. is amazing. Mm -hmm. And I got, you know, you get some engagement yeah, online. For sure. But that was it. And then all of a sudden, like two months later, you end up on this list. Dude, it was game over. Like I reached out to them. They connected me to their people. So I'm out with Steve. I'm shooting the hottest events. I'm sending them the photos. They're blowing me up on social media. Right. They'll tag you. They'll give you credit. They're really nice people, right? So you built this kind of like thing. I think once it got that serious where I was like, this is a major pub publication. If they're posting my stuff, other people are going to see it yeah. and pick it up. I think that was the turning point where I was like, I could definitely make a career out of this. Right. Don't get me wrong. I've always thought about doing it, but I, the money was never there. Mm -hmm. So I was just like on the verge of giving up. And I was working at Apple at the time and I was getting into the IT. Yeah, world. I remember that like part. I was working at the Apple store, just fixing computers and all that to yeah. get by. Yeah. You know, and at nights I was out shooting shows. So And like, I mean... In the off chance it didn't end up becoming like a career, like what 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 else like would you have done at that point? You, do you not know? Like you were kind of just like I think I would have finished the like going to college, getting the degree, work yeah. in a company, kind of you know keep your head yeah. down, work your way up. Yeah. I think that's what I would have done. Um, but that's never I can't I can't imagine doing that. Did that thought yeah. at the time though? Like did you did you hate that thought? Yeah, I wanted to do anything to get away from that lifestyle because I yeah. could have done that. Look, you can do things to make money doesn't mean it's going to make you happy, right. right? 
if you're not feeling satisfied, you're not feeling happy, you're not feeling fulfilled. You're going to stop making money too at one point. Well, not just that. You're going to jump one from one job to the other, from one place to the other, just to change the environment, maybe change this. But right. that's really not going to help you no. eventually. You know, It's just like run. it's a Band-Aid. Exactly. Also, I feel like it makes it harder when you do kind of make it all about the money in the beginning and maybe now you have a very nice job where you're getting paid a lot of money and now you, your lifestyle is just like elevated and you have yeah. like more bills to pay. And then now it's like so much harder to even go back to 100 percent, 100 percent. that's kind of like you know what happened to me and that's how i got into this and i guess this is a good point like kind of for the listeners that you know like i, I feel like even to somebody like myself who you know works at a corporate you know position almost like you know it's corporate but you know working for someone working for the man right like you're not necessarily doing your own thing you're not pursuing your own passion or whatever it may be i feel like there's a lot of people out there that jump from the job to job i mean i've done it Pat's like kind of done it ish. Um, and there's a lot more people that have done it and still do it and will continue to do it. How, you know, challenging was it for you to get out of that comfortable, like, you know, having that job at Apple to pursuing this passion of photography that you were good at, were getting recognized for, but didn't really know what could come of it? I think um, that time was really hard. When I was going to leave my job, I was leaving a job at the world's number one company with full-time benefits, yeah. everything, vacation, hours, 401k, every, anything you can think of, right? But I had all that that would guarantee me a life in the future mm-hmm. where I don't end up homeless or something like that, right? I, I work really hard. I put money aside for retirement and all that. But do I just want to live a life or do I want my life to have a purpose and a story that I can tell through it? That's kind of like... I don't know. I've always wanted to build this legacy kind of thing. You know, like that's the feeling that just kept me saying, you know, I can give all this up. It's going to be really challenging. I'm probably going to have to do anything to survive. Yeah. Um, and, and sorry to cut you out, but like where, where do you think that like realization of that feeling came from? Like did it come kind of naturally to you? Like you can't remember if there's like a certain time or thing that happened maybe when you were younger that was like, I don't want to just kind of get by like, you know go through the motions i want to i want to build something special build a legacy i don't know man i always feel like i've done things differently like that i've always looked at things differently like that not kind of like you know i want to follow the status quo i want to follow the rules you can bend them a little bit so that's why i was just like i never had that path lined out where i wanted to be you know in that nine to five job this and that i never saw myself as a job person to be honest with you yeah. I still, you know, I had a job and all that and you need that to get by, but yeah. doesn't mean like you're going to do that for the rest of your life. You just kind of have this feeling where you feel like you're more empowered. You could do a little bit more than what they're asking you to do. And when you try to do it at your job, some people might get jealous. They might not like it and they'll get rid of you. So I don't know. You just got to think outside the box. And that's just kind of how I always saw it. Yeah. So you left Apple. I left Apple. For and at a that point, months. like, how are you even balancing? Like, were you like shooting on like weekends or? Dude, so Apple, um, your schedules are not nine to five. It's all, you're working like in retail, place, right? Yeah. So sometimes yeah, you're working exactly. seven a.m. to four p.m. and then you have the rest of the day. Sometimes you have like a Tuesday off because you work Sunday. Mm. So it was just whenever I had free time, I was just kind of going out yeah. and building these relationships, or I would schedule shoots. And after work, I when I got off off work, I would go shoot shows and all that. So. I would give away shifts, like not make that shifts money just yeah. to go ahead and do this. So I don't know. I just kind of found this joy in it. You know, it's it feels good to feel recognized for something cool for you sure. do. That's what it was. I think there's like this whole people put the time to go look at your things, study it, see the beauty in it. Yeah. 
and then give you a credit. That feels good. I don't yeah. know. Some people are shy. They don't want that at all. Some people only yeah. want that without putting in the work. It's just, it feels good when you put in the work and people appreciate it. That's, I don't right. know. I really like that. Did, yeah. You know, but to kind of take that a step further, did you need that affirmation or did you need that like verification that like validation. I am, huh? Validation. No, I'm, I was going to get there. That was the <laughs> third word, but like I really wanted to emphasize validation. Yeah. But like, did you need to hear that to continue doing what you were doing? Or was that kind of like the cherry on top? That was a cherry on top always because I was doing it for the passion of it regardless. Yeah. I was doing it before Instagram people doing it. Like you were you know doing it before like, where you were making money for it. Yeah, I did. I'm telling you. Like Nimmer used to pay me because he's a great guy and yeah. he believed in paying you know, your employees, but a lot of other people didn't. Right. Uh, so I don't know. It, it always feels like you got to put the work in to get to that level. Um, once you get there, it's just kind of, you don't look, you don't seek the validation. You just keep going. But that's the cherry on top. It's an additional, all right, I know I'm on the right track, but this is kind of like, you know what? It's reinforcing. Yeah. So, When did the Vine stuff come up? I know, I know you oh, you were big on Vine. <laughs> uh, this is like when Vine was still around. RIP. Oh, now it's like what TikTok? RP OG Vine. Is it TikTok now? It's TikTok. Oh, I, don't, like, I don't even know what TikTok. I saw it yeah. a couple times. I don't even know what it is. Yeah. I can't. It's too weird. For yeah, me. yeah, man. Honestly, how did the Vine thing happen? Dude. I remember that. <laughs> that's how I. That's how I was first introduced to you. Yeah. <laughs> before I met you, man. To be honest with you, the Vine thing. For the listeners who don't know, yeah. I used to make a lot of funny Armenian Vine videos with my really good friend, Michael Sidurian. Um, Vine came out. We have a friend. His name is Arman Kamburian, right? He's always into this, like, cool stuff. Went to middle school with him. Yeah, he's, he's, I, was at, I was with him last night. He's a great guy. Um, he always was on the new stuff, the hip stuff. And he came, he came up to me and his brother one time. He's like, yo, this app is sick. This is going to blow up. Avo. We're like, well, yeah, Avo. And we're like, what is this? And he's like, it's videos that loop, bro. It's seven seconds. They're sick. People are going to get creative with this because he does visuals and all that. Yeah. So he knows he thinks differently. And we laughed at him. We're like, okay, cool. So we're making like these random Vine videos. I was on Vine. It was popping. And I saw one of Michael's videos. And I was like, who the hell is this kid? Oh, you didn't know him? I had no idea who Michael was. Oh, wow. Um, he's like, who the hell is this kid? Like, what is he doing? You know, like, so I saw it and I was like, all right, this guy's pretty funny. <laughs> But it, it sounds like he grew up in the U.S., so he had he doesn't have the real OG you yeah, know, yeah. Beirut feel to his jokes and all yeah. that. I was like, I'm gonna go in on him. So I started posting videos, tagging him in there, and you know, kind of start this online thing. Okay, so sorry, you guys started Vine beef. It's not beef. It was just like I no, like it's a not beef. fake Vine collab. Like you didn't really know you're yeah, collabing, yeah, but you were yeah, exactly, yeah, exactly, yeah. fake collab. Yeah, I like fake that. collab. I like that. It's a collab. So I hit him up. You know, I was like, yo. I love your videos. You're doing cool shit. I'm doing cool shit. There's a lot of people doing it he together. I was like, just come. Let's try, you know, just hang out and see if we, we'll be homies. We'll do these. So we met up through Avo and Armand. They're related to him. And, you know, yeah, that's how I met Michael. We immediately realized that we have a lot of things in common. We think the same way. We want to achieve the same thing. So we started doing Vine videos together. And it took off in the Armenian community. It was a major boost. I mean, what, uh, what kind of stuff were you guys doing? Man, it was all like things that your mom would tell you. Like, can you give us an example? Give you an example. Be like, Dunenchelas jacket unis. Like yeah, that was like a big one. Yeah, yeah. You know, that's before you leave the house, get a jacket. It's yeah, a very common yes. like so Armenian yeah, phrase. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Do you have your jacket? Are you hungry? Have you ate? You look pale. Is everything yeah. okay? So it's things yeah. like that. Yeah, you know, yeah. like things were looping. Just like a worried mom. Right. And then we also had like funny Armenian sayings, you know, like we would get things that if you said it in English, it wouldn't translate sense, to yeah. anything. Yeah. So it was just like 
little jokes that you can fit in in seven seconds, six seconds, or whatever it was, and people can relate to, right? And they'll listen to it over and over again. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it took off. We did some cool stuff. We took it to the next level. We did some YouTube videos, like funny Armenian comedy <laughs> skits. We, we realized we're really good at improvising stuff, like yeah, randomly yeah. come up with an idea and put it in a video. We it never, was Bomba Granite. Bomba Granite, yep. So yeah, this is like a whole other part of my life that not a lot of people know, to be honest. Yeah, so that's like, why we'd like to share it. I like it. Yeah, very nice. And that was um, this was like pre-photography. This or? is no, this is while like, I'm doing during. photography. Oh, so, so you're, I'm you're, working you're at working Apple full time. I'm working at Apple, Apple full time. Oh while I'm driving from Apple to home or to a gig, yeah. I'm making funny videos and then hanging out with Wiz Khalifa for a little bit. So yeah, it was just yeah. like this crazy. Yeah. So I like that you started the name drops. Um, <laughs> it's real early. It only took it only took thirty two minutes. So it's, I like it. it's pretty I like good. It. I like um, it. I don't like to brag, man. I, yeah, yeah, I would have dropped it at like minute three, but it's okay. Um, so obviously, you know, early on, we said you're a celebrity photographer. Yep. What was that? What was that big gig that kind of got you rolling? So the whole when the whole complex thing started happening, right? It wasn't just complex that was boosting me i was also getting exclusive access to places where you're not even allowed to bring cameras and taking pictures of all these people and i was the only people that had it i, I was the only person that had it people at getty hated me for it because they wouldn't get the exclusive photos you know like yeah i just had this thing so is it is it because you had built those like connections i had built the that? connections i'm in places where people yeah. like they'll turn away the getty photographer yeah. but i'm still hanging out so it was just like because steve was, i'm telling you like rolling with him was yeah. golden ticket um I shot Kanye West and Kid Cudi at the Kid See Ghost album release here in LA. And this is, the, so th let's give our listeners like a timeline. This is 2017, 2018? 2017, yep. So two years ago. Two years ago. So up until that point, you were at Apple? No, I was, I left Apple five years ago. I was working corporate IT got jobs. It, got so it. just, you know, a couple of companies. Yeah. Um, while I'm shooting at night. So I'm working right. nine to five during the day. I'm shooting at night. Right. Um, so two the, years ago. Two years ago, the Kid See Ghost concert album release i'm there i get all the shots i immediately you have exclusive access i have exclusive access who invited so no you? big media outlets no big media outlet and i wasn't with steve and i'll show i'll share the story okay with you. so share with us how did you get a, in okay so i heard about kanye doing the whole wisconsin thing right? yeah they went out yeah. there and they did uh jackson hole all yeah jacksonville and all that i was like man this is cool he's probably gonna have one in la because this is where they live and he had announced six albums I found out through um, a friend of mine who works for a radio station that Kanye is going to be having this listening party that night. It was in Beverly Hills, right? I remember I was no, on Twitter. It was, it was, it was blowing in Valencia. up. It was Twitter in Valencia. was blowing up. Yeah, dude. So I, I heard Valencia. that day. Remember that? Yeah, that I do. Because I live yeah. on the gram, right? I follow the yeah, right yeah. people and all that. So one of my friends, she hit me up. She's like, hey, Kanye and Kid Cudi are having this thing tonight. I was like, oh, damn. Like, we were just having a conversation. And I was like, hey, well, what are the odds I can get access with you guys? They're like, let me text and see. Because they knew the people that were putting it yeah, together. Yeah. And I got a text saying, your name is on the list. So I immediately, at work, I was like, I'm not feeling well. I got to leave. <laughs> Went home, changed. Went to this uh, spot in Hollywood. It was an address they gave you. That's it. And a confirmation yeah. email and address showed up. I went there. It's on the corner of Hollywood and Wilcox, I want to say. Like, that little area. You go, you get a wristband. <laughs> it's a black wristband it says like Kanye West Kid Sea Ghost album release whatever and you get on a bus but you don't know where you're going yeah right we get on the bus I asked the driver I was like hey how far are we going so they he goes two hours south <laughs> I was like what the fuck we're two hours south we're going to San Diego we're going to Mexico <laughs> like where are we going security shit. Yeah. dude I'm like what the hell 
It turns out they had told the drivers to tell people that so people don't know where it is. So the address. So they text other people, oh, we're two hours away from like Hollywood. Yeah. So people are now like on a map two hours yeah. away. I can't go where. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, they're seeing um, ghosts everywhere. Right? Yeah. We show up. We get on the freeway. We're going towards Valencia. He exits right in front of Six Flags. And yeah, I was like, yeah. we're definitely not going south. That's, you know. It's, yeah. So we pull up and we go into this gated community. It's called Ghost Town. Oh, you yeah. Know I know where exactly where that it's is. It's actually yeah. called Ghost Town? Yeah. Oh, okay. So they drop you off there. And then once you're there, you're good. You don't need camera access things. Like once you're on that list, that means you're you golden. can bring whatever. You, yeah. yeah, you're good. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So we show up, man. I have my camera on me. I'm looking around. I see like YG is walking around. Ariana Grande is there. I was like, dude, I have my camera. I got to take advantage of this. Yeah. As I'm walking to take photos, I see Kim walk out. Kardashian. Kim Kardashian comes out. She's talking to people, hanging out, shaking hands. I went and spoke to her. She's really cool. Did you tell her you're Armenian? I did tell her I'm Armenian. And I said I was proud of the work she was doing for our people. And she said, of course, and she's going to keep doing it. Um, I got to meet her. I was like, wow, this is my Kim Kardashian. This is crazy. Yeah. I'm literally hanging out eating Did chicken wings. Did you take wings. a selfie with her? I have a photo with Kim. Yeah, okay, somebody good. took a photo. Okay, good, good. Um, or else I wasn't going to believe this story. I'll, I'll show you. I'll show you. Hey, man. If there's no photos, I'm not going to buy it. No, but um, so we get there and they're giving out free merch. I got like a hoodie or whatever. It was great. And I kept on walking. So you're walking towards this like uphill place, right? Right. And it's like a deserted place. It's in the middle of literally nowhere. Yeah. In, on a mountain. A giant mountain is behind you. That's yeah. it. Um, I walk up there and there's a gated barrier. Like, you can't get past that. And past that looks like where the stage is, where this shit's yeah. going to happen. So I go up. There's people pushing, shoving. And I'm like, hey, man, I need to get, go get these photos. And security goes, you can't go. And I'm like, no, no, no. I work for the guys that did all the catering. I got to get these photos before people come up. He's like, all right, run up and come back down. And I was like, all right. So dude. you're like, I ain't coming back down nowhere. Bro, I walked in. I'm looking. There's no one there. I'm the only guy Giant is in front of this giant fire. And then I hear like people screaming. And they let the doors open and people were running. Oh, oh God. shit. Kanye walks out. Kid Cudi walks out. They're right there in front of this giant, massive bonfire, right? <laughs> I'm so close to the fire that I'm burning. Like my, my arm hair is burning. Like yeah, literally yeah. that yeah. close. And people are pushing and shoving. So I take all these crazy pictures. And immediately before, like I found out when the song is going to end, right before it ends, I walked into this like VIP area where everyone was going to be later. Um, and they shut that area off. So it's just like the Kardashians, their friends, their family. So that was like a lot of cool. And like to the to the people there where you were like kind of like a working photographer. Dude, yeah. So it was and me. so they didn't say yeah, anything to like, you. Yeah. I mean, I, I look professional. <laughs> was there anybody else there that was shooting that? There, was a, there were a couple people there, there, a couple people there, but they weren't really up in that VIP area because they didn't have any photographers. They were just like trying to hang out yeah. with their family, friends, whatever. So I saw a lot of people there. A lot of celebrities were there, obviously. So those shots while we're there coming from valencia to home you got to get on the bus so it's like 45 minutes in 45 minutes i had edited all those shots like i went through all my photos i found the money shots i edited all of them on my phone through lightroom um i have contacts at billboard complex high snobiety just shot an email saying yo straight off like straight off the the, the lot right now i'm ready here you go here are the photos wow. i woke up next morning billboard immediately bought like five photos I woke up next morning. Oh, they had to buy it. They buy, of course. You're selling them. Of course, I'm selling these photos. No one else has those. I'm, so, how did you send it to them? I mean, like, did you like put some watermark on it? Yeah, all watermarked. And okay. if they wanted yeah. to buy it, I would take the watermark off. Okay. But at this point, I posted it on my Instagram. I tagged all these people. Yeah, you're like, fuck it, dude. 
Revolt, Def Jam, Complex, Billboard. It's just everywhere. Like that photo was. I I'll show you the impression numbers. That's the most successful photo. I think I've you've taken. shown me. Yeah. It's insane amount of engagement on my profile. That, like what is it? Like hundreds of thousands of people? Yeah, hundreds. Of, like well, we're talking about like six hundred thousand people seeing that post. So yeah. it was really, really, really big. With your name right on there. My name on it on my profile. They I remember. I remember that. When yeah, this I remember was that happening. Photo. Like like seeing like your tag, and I'm like, oh, this guy's Armenian. Holy yeah. shit! I saw all my friends reposting. <laughs> I think they just thought that you're Armenian, so they're like, we just got to post it. <laughs> Dude, they're less great. concerned with the Kanye probably. But that's like that yeah. was like a big break. <clears> like, but I remember what I was saying was like I remember how many outlets like posted yeah, that yep. photo that yeah. that week or i'm really proud of that man <clears throat> i have a lot of photos that i've taken yeah. but the photos i took that day and the way it blew up were <laughs> probably some of the best photos i've ever taken really seriously it was did really you know though that when you posted that it was going to be like that when i was in the bus coming back home and i was looking at these photos i immediately knew shit like this is going to be big. I knew it. Like when you see, you know, the like feeling, when you see that money shot, you feel that presence. Not only because you got something exclusive, you could have just got the side of their face with your iPhone. Yeah. But it's more like the story, the vibe around it, the, the lighting. I don't know. There's something to yeah. it. I saw it. And I was like, wow, this is, you can feel the vibe, the energy over yeah. there through those photos. That's yeah. what a lot of people say. And we'll re we'll post some of these photos throughout the week on our Instagram too, so like people yeah. can just. Yeah, yeah. And this is like smack dab in the hype of all this Kanye stuff. He's releasing all these albums like week after week, so it's like you you knew like when you looked at those photos. I'm sure you're like I knew it's it. the right place, right yeah. time. Like something's happening here. Yeah. That's exactly what happened. And the week after that, I shot Kanye and Kim again at the Tiana Taylor album release yep. with the Migos, Travis Scott, yeah. like everyone. She remember you. No, I didn't really approach them like that. <laughs> I didn't it. talk to them. It Got was because it. it was really crazy, and they showed up late, and yeah, it was yeah. a lot of people, man, a lot, a lot of people. Yeah, Meek Mill, like a lot of people. Everybody, Two chains, yeah. everyone, everyone's and, and, there. And, and and at that time, like, are you even like getting to meet these people and have like build a relationship with them, or were you kind of depends just, like, how crazy it is? Yeah. If it's like the hot moment and I need to get that shot, like yeah. nothing's yeah. getting in my way. I'm getting that shot. So the relationships I built a week ago or a week and a half ago. I hit up the same people after that with the Tiana stuff. So the mm -hmm. Tiana Taylor album release party took up. So it's just right after that, you know, like it was just back to back things that happened. I went to Coachella, like a lot of things happened back to back. It lined up perfectly, I guess, to just kind of keep going on this rise. I was riding that wave for a very long time. Um, Who are the people that you were meeting, though? A lot of the people are people that are ARs, people that work at labels. Some people are management. Some you're some people you're actually meeting the artist. Like it's very. It's the people that matter in the music industry. It's the same people that you see over and over again at all these music events. And they're all working together and making connections to move artists forward. Everyone's growing together. So it's just that general crowd of the right people you need to be around. That, that, that's who's there. You Do you know? enjoy the culture? I love it. I love it, man. I love every bit of it. It's a very dirty business, the music business. That's probably why I will never get into like management or anything like that, an artist. It's a really, really dirty business. But at the same time, there's room for everybody to, 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 to eat, to learn, to go get money. Like, you could do it. It's a big business. Biggest in the world, in my opinion, in terms of entertainment, more than TV and all that. Like, there's a lot of money to be made there. And everyone can win, you know, with these streaming platforms and all that, the concerts, the touring. There's so much you could do. So, yeah. I don't know. It's I love it. I love the hustle and bustle of it. I love it. Yeah, we were, we were just talking about this today, actually, about, like, yeah, the just where music is going and, like, you see all these artists kind of, like, 
they're just like businesses themselves. You yeah, know? absolutely. They're which, brands. Yeah, exactly. Which I mean, I kind of wanted to like uh, talk about you, like how how you, you were sort of envisioning your brand at that time. Like, I know you're still working at Apple, right? Mm-hmm. Like, w- well, my corporate IT job. I had left Apple. Oh, okay, corporate. That's right. Corporate IT still job. working in IT. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so at, at that point, you're, were you like, you know, uh, I I I have a brand that I can like really, I guess, just put all my eggs in this basket, or or I don't know, were you like not sure yet? It kind of happened because people kept pointing it out. A lot of people are like, hey, man, like all these photos that you're taking, this is great, but you're getting exclusive stuff. So you should start your own brand. Your name should be out there. It should yeah. really pop out. So I feel like that just kind of happened. A lot of people would be like, hey, man, you and Kevin Wong are doing the same thing. You guys yeah. are the same. Shout out Kevin. Kevin's a great, great guy. He's a great shooter. I shoot with him all the time. But they're like, hey, man, if you're that guy is doing great. If you're like shooting with him, that means you're at the right places with the right people. Keep yeah. utilizing those relationships. So a lot of people just gave me that positive feedback. And, you know, it's the things that I never saw it that way. Yeah. Like, I just do it for the passion. I'm so passionate about it that I just do it. But like I was telling you earlier, when people come up and give you that positive reinforcement, it just kind of shows that you're on the right track of what you're doing. And then you need to take it a step forward. You yeah. Know? So I think that's what it, what it was. Very. So, Armin, it's now been two years since you started. How did you kind of keep navigating and getting these bigger and bigger events that you were shooting these bigger artists i know when we talked you were talking about you know how you became parts of like the la culture really i mean folks that are the you know tastemakers and the you know the activists in terms of culture know who you are you know you really established that personal brand how was that process for you you know for folks that are not building a business that's on personal brand what were the things that you did that perhaps others can apply when they're starting a company or when they're building their own personal brand to make your business better? To be honest with you, man, I kept a lot of the relationships, obviously, a lot of the people that you meet. And I just genuinely kept like, a, you know, hitting these people up, hanging out with them, going to grab coffee, just being genuine, genuinely nice to these people and being yourself because they're around fake people every day. Yeah. Their weakness is they want to find real people so they can share whatever success, what, whatever they're doing. So they elevate you, you elevate them, right? So if you show people that you're genuine, this is how you are, you're nice, you know, you're approachable, obviously you're talented if you're yeah. doing something, then they'll give you more and more opportunities. I feel like maintaining those relationships, being nice, being humble, um, you know, not bragging about any of the stuff that you do, keeping it low-key, Keeping your head down, always ready to learn, know when to like not be in the room, know when to be in the room, be a fly on the wall. So I feel like a lot of those behaviors, when people see that behavior, they already know that you're, you mean business. You're not yeah. there to, you're not there for the clout. You're not there for fun. You know, yeah. you're just, you, you're there for business. They'll pick up on the signs and things like that. So I feel like that really helped me. Um, you obviously do a lot of mistakes too that you learn from. Yeah. Um, you know, you'll post an Instagram story one day and then you shouldn't be posting or, you know, you talk to the wrong person who has beef with the person you're cool with. <laughs> yeah. So it's just, you there, just have to follow. There are these like unwritten rules that you kind of yeah, have you to learn. Yeah, you just kind of learn. Yeah, as you're navigating, yeah. you pick things up because there's still a lot of street, you know, and hood things related in my field. You know, people grew up with that and that's their family and that's how they are. So they bring it into the music business sometimes. It sometimes trickles in. Yeah. So you got to just kind of know. You just got to know. When when was the moment that you converted this from just simply a personal passion to actually starting a business and making money out of it? Um, when I saw that the people, you know, like the outlets and stuff I was saying were interested, 
and celebrities follow these people and they were interested. I was getting hit up by people like randomly on yeah. Instagram and all that. So I knew I saw the interest. So I was like, if these guys want it, then they'll definitely pay. In the meantime, I was getting gigs from people that were following my work that are not in the music industry at all, like photo shoots, like weddings and so, stuff. Yeah, brands, like random brands yeah. hitting me up. So that's just kind of that's how I moved with it, really. And so um, I guess, like, what's the kind of grand vision at this point? Like, is it kind of just, like, shooting as many things as you can shoot and seeing where it goes? Or do you have, like, this, like, kind of overarching plan that you're kind of working towards? Um, I'm currently working... So right now, I you know, I set a goal in 2019 for myself. I was like, I want to go on a tour. I want to do a gallery. And I want to start a podcast. I'm on the fourth quarter of the year. I've gone on tour um, this year. And I have to go ahead and start a podcast and put a gallery together, which okay. I'm working on. Um, this, people are hearing about this for the first time, by yeah. the way. So this is where I want to take it for this year. My eventual, like, big goals and big plans would be I would eventually like to retire <laughs> From, you know, going to these events and all that to shoot and just go for more for business relationships. Um, be like more what, like the what, creative director role of like a label or something yeah. like that or work with an artist, be, right. be an A&R. Like, you know, it's def there's definitely ways for me to work in the music industry from right. the relationships that I've made. Um, I feel like just being in the creative direction role, I would love to do that with like an independent label or something mm -hmm. like that and be able to kind of help their new artists you know, keep up with everyday's trends, For how sure. they're supposed to promote themselves, what kind of content they need and yeah. all that. So I feel like that's what I'm working towards right now. Hmm. Uh, going off what Pat just said, you know, regarding what you want to do in the future, where do you see me, the music and entertainment space right now? What are things that, you know, have come up in 2019 and are coming up in 2020 that perhaps isn't widespread yet? It's not something that's been publicized, you know, whether it's trends, whether it's, certain um genres whether it's some sort of technology intertwined with music whatever it may be like what is it that you've been seeing with the current culture of music you know we were we were not in a really good place in terms of music like probably a couple of years ago yeah. everyone was trying to take the trap route like for me you know at yeah. least the, the people that i listen to and every now and then you'll find like a kendrick or a j cole album that's like oh my god this is amazing but there was a lot of that happening right and it was great because all these SoundCloud rappers that never had an opportunity, never had a voice, were able to like blow up. But it happened too much, too fast, and music just kind of took a deep dive a little bit, and then it blew up. Again. It's almost like music was like secondary at that point. Yes. It was like their Instagram influence and that kind of like exactly. You know. It just went for a little dip and then took back up. Yeah. Um, I think from what I'm seeing right now, people are back on like just people are now aware that. Not only your fans are following you on Instagram, yeah. there's brand, there's people, right. important people that right. are seeing what you're right. doing. So, you know, you can have an influencer with 2 million followers not knowing what the hell they're doing and then have someone like Jay-Z who has no Instagram but is one of the most influential people in the history of music, period. Right. So I think it goes back to what I was saying earlier, putting your head down, putting in the work and working your way up with, with genuine respect to people if you utilize those relationships um, you'll end up on that level and then that will make you a tastemaker and all that so people are now you know following to see what jay-z is doing what meek mill is doing you know what dj khaled is doing because people these people are out are just not in music they're also in real estate they're also in brands yeah. there's millions invested in them drake with the nike deal and all that so i anticipate this thing going bigger than it's ever been because when you say this platform. thing the photography the, the, the music the music, music industry in general. yeah sorry i'm talking about the no music no yeah industry in general it's going to 
grow bigger it's gonna blow up more i feel like there's again like i was saying earlier there's so (laughs) much room for expansion we're just like we have all this technology we have the ability to sit down and do a podcast in your home's backyard and put it out and it sounds amazing so we have all this people are definitely taking advantage of it right there's more of everything it became easier for everyone to have a voice online so you have to we through the bad stuff and then every now and then dinero. My, exactly. my my thing was like aside from what you're saying, which I agree with, it's also the discoverability of content. Which Absolutely. Is gonna be, because there's so much noise, there's so much content out there. How do you discover the good stuff? And I'll go to www.thefounderhour.com. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? Discover the good stuff. That's the plug I was going yeah, for. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> One, two, baby. No, but but to, to take it back, I feel like it's definitely gonna blow up. It's gonna go bigger. Um yeah. I don't know about future trends or anything like yeah. that right now, but you know. I'm trying to get on the level where I become. And even part if of you the, did, why right. would you tell everybody? Right. Right. Yeah. Why let it blow up? I mean, it's not about. I mean, you could tell everybody because no one's going to actually do it. Exactly. People you are going to look at it. You and need not believe in it. Yeah. People are going to look at it and not yeah. believe in it, tell and then when it blows it. up, be like, "Oh right. yeah, remember you told me about it." Right. Yeah. Sure. Of course. Right. Just yeah. like we did to Armand and the whole Vine thing. Exactly. <laughs> so, you still didn't answer the question per se, but you know, I don't want to. I don't know how much more I want to press you on it. No, no, go ahead. I'm sorry. We. I mean, you gave me a good answer, but okay let me ask you this way in the last two years that you've been kind of really deeply involved in the celebrity in the music and entertainment scene after the Kanye Kid Cudi uh gathering what has changed even in that two years like you know I remember when we were talking you were saying like music is kind of like not as great like we haven't seen as much great stuff but give me like some details of like what you've seen that was different Um, from now comparing now to like two years ago even I'm not saying now is bad. Don't get me wrong. Now we're on the period where we're recovering from that bad. Thing, <laughs> yeah. Right? Um, two years ago and now difference for me is I look at things differently. I look at the way I take these photos differently. Now I have it in the back of my head. Hey, I if I take these photos, I know these publications will pick them up. I got to take them in a certain way, certain angles. For certain, their style. Exactly. But before it was just more like I'm here. I have access. Let me try to do the most out of it. And after doing that for a while, thinking about all these publications constantly, I started realizing that I'm shooting the same style, doing the same thing again. So I just kind of stopped emphasizing on that. And I just I just want to have fun with it, be creative in the moment. So sometimes I'll leave like one of my lenses at home to have a challenge to shoot with a lens in a certain angle and all that. So I just constantly challenge myself. Yeah. But I feel like for me, the way I shoot, the way I look at things has changed. Mm-hmm. Also, because the people around me now, I know, I've met, I've built relationships with. So I know who's watching, what matters, what, you know, you'll know what's more exclusive, what's not. So, yeah, I mean, I think that's what changed for me and my perspective on how I shoot and what I focus on when I'm right. working. Are there any moments or any artists or any folks that you specifically worked with that have really helped you know take your career even to another level like just you know from where it's been but even elevated further to becoming the guy like i mean i think you're almost there but like to becoming the guy in the entertainment scene specifically in los angeles you know who were those people like what were they were they like some of the celebrities were they the people on the back end like who 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 was really kind of mentoring you guiding you really taking helping you go to the next level besides steve it was well, Steve. I haven't been like closely going right. out with and shooting for a couple of years yeah. now because he's been busy. I've been busy. That's totally fine. We have a great relationship. I love Steve. I hang out with him all the time. Um, the people that you're asking are the celebrities themselves, their management, and the label people. Right. You got to attack it from every corner because you can go to the label and it's a great content, but that doesn't get to the artist sometimes. Or you could go to the artist that doesn't get through management. The manager, you know. So it's just like always 
you have to keep contact with everyone, blow everyone up constantly just to be on the radar. Um, it definitely helps you stand out more than everyone else that's trying to do this around you because you're following up, you're serious about it, you want it to happen. So everyone, like if you're putting everyone on, not like a blast, but like you're making everyone aware. Putting them aware. on a pedestal, yeah. Yeah, well, you're giving everyone was, an opportunity too right. because you're not going over to management you're going to the artist and the manager together and you're you're going to the label because you have relationships there and you know so when it comes from both sides i feel like they just you know it already helps you stand out and they'll just feel more comfortable around you right so then these people will post your pictures they'll give you credit they'll tag you on them you're getting paid for them and then you're at their show next time and you meet another artist and their management that you've never got an opportunity to meet so you just kind of built this circle of you know trust of people and then you start going to shows, you'll see so-and-so's manager with so-and-so and be like, oh, you guys know each other. Oh, you know Armin too. So just kind of like it elevates you automatically. It right. just makes this, you know, genuine connection. Like there's this bridge that everyone's just work, walking on and you, you're part of that. Was there like a show or something that you shot that you remember now that you were just, was you were just like, I can't believe this. Like, I can't believe I'm here. <laughs> I'd, I've definitely had moments like that. Uh I shot uh, P. Diddy's Bad Boy Reunion Tour. In one night, not only did I get to meet all these people, but I also shot Diddy, Dr. Dre, Snoop Dogg, ASAP Rocky, French Montana. Like It was just like one of those big things that everyone's coming out, everyone's yeah. bringing each other out. The name drop hole. Yeah. It's like everyone that mattered in music was there, was there that day. Yeah. So when it's, I shot I feel like out show, of that day you, you got mo- like I, the most of the content I see on Instagram right now it's like was from that day like ASAP Rocky the whole like thing yep, yep. with him in Sweden yeah like it, like it was like everywhere yeah every day like it was a different article would come out with your photo on it <laughs> man that's the thing is like once I'm t- I was telling you earlier once you get that shot you know that this is gonna be it so I try to post those shots so those shots obviously give them priority but going back to what you were saying that Diddy show was great um, Coachella. That was a big highlight. I had never shot Coachella. This was in 2019 or 2018? 2018. 2019, biggest thing I did, shout out to Tyga. I went to London with him and I was I went on tour with him to Europe. But in London, I got to shoot Wireless Festival. Mm. It's mm. the biggest festival in the United Kingdom. It's like the Coachella of the United Kingdom. And then right after, he also performed at Fraunfeld Festival, which is the Coachella of Europe. So it's like oh, massive. Wow. There was like 150,000 people. So like huh. being able to be on stage. More than Tomorrowland, like huh? Um, Tomorrowland is a different crowd. Got it. They definitely Got get it. more. Got but it. For the hip hop crowd. From what I'm, from what I'm right, talking about right. in terms of festival. Right. They also had DJs, but right. it wasn't like Tomorrowland. Style, For sure. You know? um, just being able to be on those stages and just see these crowds and say, you know what? I'm the only one taking pictures of this set. There's no one. Like, there's the pit photographers that yeah. are shooting for the content. Nobody else is documenting it. Yeah. So just to have that ability just to be able to be blessed enough to go and do that um, because of hard work, because of genuine relationships, that's, that's when I'm like, oh, damn. Like, this is, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I think that's a highlight of this year for so far. And <laughs> do you feel like there is a friendship relationship or is it more so like, you know, photographer-artist relationship? It's where you take it. If I mean, but for be, you, I'm saying for you. For me personally, it's more of a friendship thing. Yeah. Because I can't just, you know, yeah, you're my client, you're hiring me, but I can't not have you feel comfortable around me when I'm shooting you. Then the photos won't come out good. I have to have you feel comfortable, build a relationship. Yeah. So I would I would consider friend friendly relationship. Of course, there's a mutual respect, the artist, the photographer, absolutely. You have to know your place when it's time right. and what you need to do and whatnot. But... um. 
I feel like I've definitely built that friend relationship because you end up, you know, you text somebody photos to post on their Instagram. They're going back and forth. Hey, can you fix this? Can you do that? If you're able to text these people, you're on a good relationship with them. Then, you know, you're kind of friends. Yeah. I don't want to say like client. Yeah. You know, it's, it's different. And you know, what's cool about what you're doing is, and I was just, it's just a thought that kind of popped in my head was that you're really, you know, sure you're shooting that concert or that artist or that individual or whoever it may be in that moment for them but for i think for folks that are not there you know and are viewing your content after like those are the folks you're really doing it for like you're like documenting what's going to become history in part in terms of music history for not only this current generation but even future generations so do you have that in mind when you're shooting? I mean, like, do you take on that responsibility that this is not only just that one photo I'm taking, that one shot getting paid for it, but more so like this is going to go down in archives. Like, you know, it's going to go down in history. Like it's going to be in my legacy. So I was telling you this earlier when I said I didn't want to do the nine to five thing. I wanted to make history. Once you make like, once you are part of history, your name is forever gonna live you know you'll, you'll have all this content out we look at all these great photographers nowadays that are dead but up until now you know people are looking at that work they're amazed by it right or people that documented wars documented music documented you know the extinction of slavery and all that yeah you look at all this and these people are part of history in their own lane i want it to be part of history in my own lane so when i was going in the biggest people that i wanted to kind of like work with or become friends with were the people that were bigger than me and doing it already you know people other people's photographers or other photographers and i built a good relationship early on because i'm a genuine guy again just meet up have a conversation i'm not there so you can get me access to go shoot a show yeah. i'm there because i genuinely want to talk to you and if you don't want to talk to me that's fine i'll leave you alone and i'll go i'll do my thing so i think that you know going back to that that really helped um but yeah man definitely being part of history is part of the reason why i do this it's really sad when you've got an opportunity to work with somebody so close, right? And then they get shot and they're that, like that happened with me and Nipsey Hussle, for example. Yeah. Steve discovered Nipsey. Mm. So Steve gave me access to Nipsey from 2011 when no one knew who he was. I was looking at photos from 2012 the other day with him in it. So, And now he's no longer here. Right after he died, he got shot. I had people emailing me, hey, we want to buy all your Nipsey photos, whatever. We need them for articles like Billboard, Double XL. Like these people are going, you know, they want it. So that definitely shows that it's going down in history. It's part of history, right. as sad as it sounds. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So I know, but you're the one who's, but, but that's a part of his, like you did him almost, a, not a favor, but like you helped keep his name alive. Absolutely. Right? Because if it's not for the photographers, the videographers, the what is this, audiographers? Yep. But like, or podcasters, whatever it may be. Sonographers, like, maybe? <laughs> stentographers is that the map the cartographers yeah. um <laughs> we can just keep going if you guys want but 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 for those people artists would just be folks that are singing in an arena or painters would just have a painting on their wall there wouldn't be there was there would be no microphone for them there would be no canvas for them to actually present that work right like there's a lot of great people out there that i'm sure are still undiscovered who might be as good if not better than the current you know artists out there but the difference is like that voice that that representation that you can have to put it out there content is key more than ever nowadays yeah. social media online that's what you are constantly scrolling through your feed to find the newest content possible you keep refreshing to find the newer content newer content so there's not enough content you can create yeah. as much as you want you just throw it on there someone's yeah. gonna pick it up someone's gonna appreciate it 
nowadays, if you're not focusing on that, people are not going to know what who the hell you are. Yeah. No one's going to hear on about you on social media. You're not going to blow right. up. Like that's a big part of who you are. Your image as a brand as an artist, right? If you don't have fan base, you don't have people engaging with you on social media and all that, you're not really going to get places. If I didn't have an Instagram page, I would not have been where I am right now. Yeah, I mean, if, yeah. You, had a, maybe if you had like a photo book, people are not going to look but, at it. The opposite is also true. If Instagram disappears tomorrow, I believe that I would still be doing what I'm doing because I build relationships with the key players that matter in right. the music industry right. that want this documented for longevity. Right. So you look at pictures of people have taken of Tupac, this, that, like all these labels, you know, want to buy that now because he's not alive anymore. So this is like part of history. They recognize right. that. Once you get through the right door with the right person, they'll recognize that and they'll pay you a lot of money for that. But, you know... When Instagram disappears, some people just post pictures because of the followers and the likes, which is good. Obviously, it's good engagement. But if you're, that's just your focus, you're not going to get anywhere. I found that I learned that early on the hard way. Like I would go shoot an event and then for two weeks, I wouldn't have anything and be like, okay, shit, I got to post something. I don't have anything to post. What am I going to do? Oh, my God, I'm going to lose followers. Like that was a thing, right? Nowadays, I post something if it's hot. But I also have my collection of all these photos, thousands of photos that no one has seen that I can post out of nowhere because the artist looks a certain way. It doesn't have to yeah. be the event that happened yesterday. It could be something from three months ago. But people will still go show love. You know, It's about who's in there, what kind of pictures you took rather than I need to build a bigger audience. Yeah. Do, does everybody that uses those pictures give you credit? Like, I mean, if I just go on there, repost it, like, and I don't give you credit, do you like really police that? Depends, man. I mean, we live in a in a era where it's really important for photographers to get tagged in their work because yeah. I'll go on an artist's page, I'll see someone's pictures, and they look great, and I want to find out who took those. I want I genuinely hit up photographers that do good shit, and they hit me up too. I want to talk to these people and say, "Hey, man, your work is dope. Who do you work for? What do you do? Just build relationships in the community, right?" If the artist is not tagging that person, I have no idea who that person is. If I'm a brand and I go on Wiz Khalifa's page, let's say, and I see this photo and I really like it and he's wearing Adidas or whatever, and it's easier for me to contact the photographer to get in touch with the artist and management to license that photo than it would be to try to get a hold of the artist, the management that doesn't you know, necessarily know who it is. They'll be like, yeah, license the photo, sure. You'll run into more issues that way. So I feel like getting the pop proper credit is very uh, key. And what we do with now day and age and social media, it helps get your name out there, helps your brand obviously get bigger. Um, for the people who don't, I police the bigger blogs, bigger fan pages, yeah. fan pages that were like 100,000 followers and yeah. all that. And that's how you would see it. Is like yeah, because uh, I go on the Explore feed. Like <laughs> yeah. after, after I post a photo, I'll go on the artist's like, tagged photos and see how many times my shit's been reposted. I'll go and see. I'll be like, okay, so this page is like a big verified page. I never... So I'll message them and say, hey, man, at least give me, you know, you didn't pay me for this photo. At least give me credit for it. It's yeah. all good, you know. Yeah. So. And do they do it? Yeah. 99% of the time it's rectified. Sometimes, you know, when you're hired by an artist and you shoot the photos and they're <laughs> paying you and they just want the photos. When they post it and they don't tag you, yeah, yeah, like that's still okay. You got paid for got it and paid, all that. Yeah. But, you know, if, if an artist picks up your photo and just posts it on there, no credit. It's just, it hurts. You know, it's your work at the end of the day. If I picked up their song and I record over it, you know, put it out, it'll be a big copyright lawsuit. Right? Yeah. So it's just. I was going to say, there's no laws against exactly. around that yet. I mean, there are. There are. And now it's an actual. It's harder to police. Now yeah, it's in the Supreme Court. Yeah. Now it's in the Supreme Court. There's a big oh, really? new law passing for photographers. Are you lobbying? 
<laughs> no, I'm not lobbying. It's actually good for us. By because... lobbying so that it passes. Oh, lobbying. Yes, yes, absolutely. <laughs> My bad. Yes, yes. I thought you meant lobbying in the office. Yes, no, no. Um, but going back to what you're saying, I think it's really important, man. What is yeah. that lobby or what is that law or what's, do, you, do you know anything about um, it? Fair use, like Got getting it. photos from Instagram right. if they could use it. If it's like an amendment to the fair use exactly. law. Yeah, yeah. Because nowadays, like these laws are written a long time ago that didn't apply. The technology didn't exist, so they right. didn't know how to make a law right. for it. Exactly. So every now and then, you got to yeah. change it, and it's passing. It's, yep. it's pretty Constitution good. is it living or is it not? Seriously. <laughs> Do you feel like your photography skills have gotten better? Absolutely, one hundred percent. You get better every time. You learn how to shoot in different kinds of lighting, different kinds of people, different kinds of skin tones. Shooting silhouette, shooting the getting the money shot, like knowing when to be where, because ninety nine percent of the time someone's gonna bring out somebody, someone's gonna pop a bottle of champagne somewhere, it's gonna, something's gonna happen, you know, a fan's gonna go on stage. So there's things that are gonna happen. It's just more about being aware, kind of finding out ahead right. of time if you can, being there for the key moments. That's like another thing that I learned very well. Um, you don't have to shoot the whole show if you're there getting the key moments, then you're good. You got your exclusive content right there. Yeah. So. I guess just kind of, I changed everything. I started thinking about more things than just getting the photo, building the relationship, being right place, right time. Again, like I was saying, like what kind of photos would these people want to post? What kind of things I want to have in my gallery? So you have all these ongoing thoughts constantly happening in your head. What kind of photos do you want to have in your gallery? My The photos that are going to be in my gallery that I'm working on, I'm currently in the um, selection mode. I'm selecting what photos I want and all that are going to be things I've never posted before. Maybe a couple where I have posted are very exclusive, but it's intimate moments where you have not gotten to experience things that happen backstage, green screen, uh, I mean, green screen, green room, uh, recording studio, like very intimate with the artist. That's the content that's going to be out there. And and are the artists involved in this project or is it more so just in the, like it's your thing? It is primarily my thing. Um, I am currently working on two ways to get artists and people involved. Um, it's currently work in progress. So I don't okay. want to share it yet. But okay. if it takes off... Like Where can people off, find out about it when it does take it's off? It's going to be on my Instagram page okay. for sure. If it takes off, like the way we're planning on it, it looks like it's going to, it's going to be something big. So okay. it's going to be nice. Do you have a website or anything like that right now? Or You can find me anywhere uh, at Armin Keleshian and arminkeleshian.com. My website. I'm a very social guy. You can email me, reach me, text, yeah. DM. Like I'm very available. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, man, I really appreciate you guys having me. Yeah, on man. No, thanks for being on. I mean, thanks you've come a long on. way. You know, we're we're huge admirers of your work, and we can't wait to see what, what comes next. Yeah. I love it. And Thank I think, and much. I think a lot of people that are going to listen to this episode. I think the one thing that you should take away from it, whether you are a creative or not, is that if you really put your mind to it, and if you're really genuine about it. Right, I think that's something that's key was like, you know, the whole fake it till you make it mentality. Like, get rid of it. Like, actually do it. It's okay if you fuck it up. It's yep. okay if you mess it up. Yep. Just do it. Just keep doing it. Keep doing it. Keep doing it. Keep doing it. If you genuinely care about it, if you genuinely are passionate about it, something's going to happen. And you might not even predict what that something is. So I think whether you are in the art space, music space, non-creative, you know, you're working behind the desk, it's just the same thing. It's just it like applies to real. everything. Yeah. Be real. Definitely. No, be real. Put in your work and, you know, greatness is a process. So wait for it. It'll take time. It won't just immediately happen. Some people might get lucky. It might happen the next day. Some people might happen in 10 years. So, you know, just wait for it. Your your turn will come. That's it. Love that. Thanks, man. Boom. Thank you.